Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. We also help you get the word out via social media posts and high-quality branded videos, all customized for your business and your content. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at techsitebuilder.com. On today's episode, Paco and I discuss ways to keep your followers engaged. What can you do with videos, social media posts, and on your website to make sure your visitors stick around and read all the awesome info you have for them? Plus, we'll show you how to use an old storytelling technique to produce content that keeps your readers engaged until the very end. Also, I wanted to quickly apologize ahead of time. Um, I, I didn't know this, but when we were recording the episode, the, uh, the mic on my webcam was activated instead of my uh, studio microphone. So the audio for me is, is not the best quality it's it usually is so just you know hopefully you can bear with us through this episode and it'll be better for the next episode so um all that and so much more is coming up right now All right. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page and click on the following tab and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. All right. Well, guys, today the uh, topic is all about how to keep your customers engaged. And we don't have a um, we don't have a guest today. It's just going to be Paco and I kind of um, throwing out some ideas and, and some some thoughts about this. Uh, and the reason I thought this would be a good topic to talk about is I think it's it's a super important thing to keep in mind as we do marketing for our business um, in, in all aspects of it. Uh, no matter what we're doing, a thought should always be in our mind. How do I get the customer to or the potential customer to read my stuff, to watch my stuff, to, to follow it, to keep to keep coming back. Uh, because as we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, you, you need to have multiple touch points with potential clients and they need to see you multiple times before they feel comfortable, before they feel like they, they got to know you and before they actually buy from you. So how do you keep them engaged, keep them coming back for more? And we're going to, uh, to, to throw out some ideas. So before we get to that, though, um, Let's uh, let's see what's been going on in uh, your world, Paco. What's you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. Just really been busy with uh, a lot of computer repair shops. Um, I think we so basically uh, I run a computer repair shop or actually an IT business. See, this is how back I am. IT business support shop uh, out in the West Loop of Chicago uh, for those that are tuning in. And yeah, it's just been a lot of busy, a uh, lot more calls, a lot more computer repairs. Um, We've been really getting a, an uptick this month. Um, closed a couple of good clients. Uh, we uh, it's funny enough. I actually closed my first 
um, Puerto Rican law firm. So me being of Puerto Rican descent, mm. we right away, it was one of the prospect calls that where we spoke, noticed that he was from Puerto Rico. I was speaking with the um, one of the partners. And then it turned out that because, of, and there's a thing that's unsaid in our culture, where if someone else is also Puerto Rican, we're immediately family. So mm, it's one of those right. where like, oh, it's like, you know, it's our, you know, distant cousin and what, what, you know, for that point. And so apparently because of that allowed me to get an in-person uh, meeting with them. And yeah, just basically kind of told them what we do, what we can do as a three-person law firm and closed them. So it was a great opportunity. We're working on kind of standardizing their uh, platform. And that's pretty much from there. Um, outside of that, two really big highlights, at least for me in this week. Um, first one is I'm officially on payroll. So my business, Prodigy Techs, is officially paying me and also paying Uncle Sam is what I found out. Um, so it's some interesting, um, very interesting things that I have to, one, follow up, and then two, make sure that I'm paying the right things. Because as me and Matt were talking about earlier in the show, um, there's a couple of things I didn't know about. So I got to talk to my accountant and make sure everything's going good with that. So it's a very uh, um, gratifying feeling to know that I now have an actual pay stub. So, mm-hmm. and as time goes on, I'll be increasing my salary per month to, in record of my recurring. So what I'm doing as a big, uh, a general rule of thumb, um, I'm following the profit first uh, platform of it, where you pay yourself in the bracket of the assessment that I did is half of what we're taking in goes to payroll. So that's what I've done so far, according to what I'm collecting monthly recurring. So although we do close much more than what we're getting monthly recurring, I figured keeping it this way on a consistent basis until I have a month, a month, a good monthly recurring income to come in, then it'll be the standard and it kind of moves over little by little. And then everything else that I close just sits in the account and you know, can go to distributions or whatnot. So that's uh, how I have it set up for right now. I'm using, again, as I mentioned before, QuickBooks um, payroll. So it's a flat fee. It's been working out for me. And I'm starting to use that to pay my contractors as well to keep track of the 1099s that I have to provide them if I do pay them more than 600 bucks in a year. So that's been really cool. And then I've been plagued since last Thursday till now with email issues. Um, G Suite issues and Office 365, where Outlook is continues to keep crashing or rules that got put in place by the client and we don't know why they put it in place. It must be a corrupted transport rule all the way to basically everybody emailing each other and it's coming up as spam for G- Gmail clients. So it's been a lot of DMARC, DKIM and SPF records all week. Um, I've been using a vendor called Demarcian, D-M-A-R-C-I-A-N. They provide a, uh, free two domain account for those that are, uh, kind of trying to figure it out and get into it. Um, but I subscribe a couple of my clients to that and it allows for reporting to see what servers and domains are utilizing your domain and it basically to see if it's legitimate or if it's not. Um, really helped out a lot of the spam stuff that I've been having, uh, got all my stuff taken care of and implemented that for a couple of my clients as well. 
as everyone knows, once you put this in place, it does take some time for it to kind of flush out and start working on the monitoring. So that's been my week. Um, it's just simply email and I'm in the wrong field because email is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Email is the bane of all of our existence, right? I mean, as a, you know, a web developer, I'm always asked email questions as well. And there's always some kind of email that gets tied to it, whether you're, you know, mapping a domain name and you've got to add the MX records and DNS and you got to make sure that's all taken care of. Or even like, you know, when you have like contact forms on a website, certain web hosts or so sometimes the contact form, a customer fills it out. It doesn't get to your, the, the, the end person. And you have to figure out why that is. Sometimes it's because of the, uh, the hosting. Sometimes it's because of the, uh, the email provider of the recipient. Um, for example, uh, I know um, Hosted Exchange uh, likes to filter out um, forms that get sent from a website because it's, it's quote-unquote spoofing the email of the person, uh, of the business owner, because it's saying, you know, because the email is either coming from the business owner or it's coming from the person who filled out the form when technically it's not. Technically, it's coming from the website. So right. um, so the, the exchange has some um, uh, filters in place that tend to filter that out. So you have to troubleshoot that. And then, you know, sometimes you got to add uh, SMTP uh, info, server info under the website itself so that the website can send through the SMTP server and Yowza. Yeah, it's it's no fun. So I wish we can just all go back to sending sending letters in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pay the postage. Or or you know, or chat, right? Let's just skip email. Let's if you gotta send long form stuff, send it in the post. Otherwise use a chat app and I think we'll all be happier for it. Email is such like an antiquated technology, right? It it was it was invented way back, you know, when the internet was first getting started and it hasn't changed much since then. Uh, there's much better technology now to communicate with people, but we're entrenched in our email world. Um, yep. So we're and it was only meant for just communicating, and now they st- stuffed all kinds of stuff to this thing. Yeah. Attachments and. Yeah. yeah. So. And now you get like a one sentence email, and you're like, dude, you could have just called or, <laughs> or messaged or something. Open up a ticket through the yeah. little. Open up a ticket. There you go. Your- exactly. So. Yeah. So we yeah. could turn this show into a, an email bitch session, but. Yeah. I'm sure you guys uh, all can relate to that. So, um, so let's see what what's been going on with me. Um, not not a whole lot, you know. Just uh, keeping the wheels on the bus, and um, you know, to working on some ongoing projects and keeping uh, my clients' websites up and running and keeping them happy. One cool thing that um, that a buddy of mine is doing um, that he just announced it today. So uh, he's a friend of mine who is also uh, a web marketing guy. And, uh, and we're in a, a couple mastermind groups together um, for, for a couple years now. Um, his name is Robert Simmons. He actually spoke at IT Owners Compass um, last year, uh, the ITO Compass. Uh, he was one of the, uh, the lightning round speakers. Um, anyways, he uh, and his wife decided this year to sell their house and move to Disney World and live in Disney World for an entire year. So they're spending the entire year of 2019 um, going from the, all the different resorts, and basically they're going to kind of turn it into a business where they're as they're staying in these different places, they're going to review the food, the hotel, the you know the amenities, 
and they're going to create like a blog, uh, social media presence around um, basically just living in Disney World. They're both huge Disney fans, and they they both had you know throughout the past gone to Disney World multiple times a year. So they figured we go so often, why don't we you know just go permanently and and try to make some money out of it? So so that's what they're doing, and and I think it's kind of a cool um, example of thinking outside of the box as an entrepreneur and really you know using the freedom of being your own boss to do whatever the heck you want, man, just go, you know, go live in Disney world for a year or go move where you want to, or do what you want to and, uh, and figure it out as you go. And that's what they're doing, man. That just sounds so legit. Like just to be able to say, yep, just going to sell my house, going to go ahead and live a year. That's in Disney world. Right? Yeah. Just, you know, I'm going to go hang out with the mouse. <laughs> right. So their, their project is called here with the ears. Uh, H-E-R-E with the ears. Um, and you could search like in Facebook and Instagram and uh, I think Twitter, they're all over social media. And I'll put a link uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, but check that out. Uh, if you're a Disney fan um, or if you're looking for tips, if you have a family and you, you guys go to Disney World or you're planning a trip, definitely follow them. They'll give you the inside scoop on the, the cool places to stay. And it's just kind of fun to follow them. See, because they're really, they last year, all of last year they studied how to use social media and how to be engaging with social media. And so they're practicing what they're preaching. So it's a good just to follow them to see what they're doing with social media because they're doing, you know, images and videos and, and hashtagging and all that stuff. So definitely check that out. And that kind of brings us to the topic for today, which is um, about how to, uh, how to keep your customers engaged. And I think that's something that they're going to be doing a lot of is, trying to pull in an audience of followers. And that's something that we um, we talk about on the show is that, you know, uh, you want people to know, like, and trust you uh, so that they'll be willing to buy the services that you're offering, especially if you have, if you're offering high priced um, offerings or services, or if you're, you know, focusing on a specific niche, you want to, you know, be the trusted person in that niche. And the best way to do that is to build a following of, of your, of your target client who um, who trust you and are excited to to hear what you have to say, and are um, you know looking to to see what you're going to do next. So I thought we'd uh, spend the featured topic portion of this episode kind of touching on some ways to keep your customers engaged. So we know it's important. We know we want to keep people coming back to us. We know once we put something out there, we want them to read the whole thing or watch the whole video or stay for the, the whole entire thing. So let, let's start with video. So we know we've talked a lot again on this show about how important video marketing is, um, how it's kind of the wave of the future, if not the wave of the present, where you know there's so much noise out there. How do you connect with someone one-on-one without actually getting to meet them? And that's through video, because in a video, you're looking at them in the eyes, you're, you're talking to them, uh, and you're, you're making that connection. So video is definitely a great way to get yourself out there produce content, be seen as an authority. But how do you craft a video that is engaging and that gets people to want to watch the whole video and want to continue to watch your videos and then, um, you know, maybe hopefully purchase your your services later on down the road? Uh, So some ideas I had for that um, that I've learned over time and through watching other, you know, video marketing folks talk about what works for them. Um, the first thing you want to do is make sure you start with a quick uh, attention grabber. So something like maybe ask a question or give a, uh, a controversial statement 
or you know something that's going to get them to go what what are you talking about or, or uh, you know tease a little bit of what you're going to say later on in the video and then they're like oh okay uh, that's something i want to learn more about so let me stick around yeah um, something thought provoking being able to really get the attention of um your potential customer or your potential avatar right so you want to be able to make the discussion toward them because that's all about you know creating the niche being able to get to the right person so like for us what we're going to do is we're going to start speaking to law firms healthcare specialists and um nonprofits so what i've done is i've actually had reached out to all my clients and previous prospects have them all write reviews for us and i'm now looking at those reviews to see what they were happy about with us and using their exact words to speak to that video because we all would love to think you know we know what to say that it translates to that but once you narrow down and you get that right uh, scope that you're looking to that's a great source to try and figure out or even email replies for you know that you send out to your reminders of hey just curious on how everything's going things like that you can use that as a source to make that quick attention grabber that's very thought-provoking or front of mind for them Yep. And, and in that attention grabber, and this is, this is a perfect segue, you want to make sure that you're, 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 you're addressing the, the target customer. So for you, if it's lawyers, you're like, at the very beginning of the video, you're like, hey, are you a lawyer who's frustrated with your, um, you know, your internet speeds or I don't know, whatever. And, um, and that right away, you're telling them, uh, okay, so you say, hey, are you a lawyer frustrated with your internet speeds? Well, I've got five tips to um, help you, you know, get the most out of your slow internet connection or something like that. So right there, you're saying who it's for, what you're going to tell them, what they can expect, and you're, you're catching them right away. After that, you want to then introduce yourself. So if whether it's you have a, a cool video that you put that you can splice in there, that's like your logo flying through the air or whatever, or you can just say, hey, it's Paco Lebron of Prodigy Techs. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to, to give you some information, something where you just introduce yourself and your company. I see a lot of, um, you know, folks who are just getting into video, forget this part where they just kind of go straight into it. They're like, Hey guys, I got some tips for how to make your internet faster, blah, 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 blah. They don't say who they are. They don't say who their target market is. And you want to just assume that anyone who's watching the video has never seen you before, doesn't know who you are and um, is unfamiliar with, with the services you provide. That way you're not alienating those new people and people who have seen you before, they don't mind if you take five seconds to say who you are again. Um, uh, that way you're going to make sure that uh, they, they, they know, okay, this, this person is, is a professional, they come from a company, um, now I kind of know them a little bit better. That's why you know employees have name tags and stuff like that. You, you know their name right off the bat. Then you're like, okay, this is Paco talking to me about something I'm interested in. Let me let me hear what he has to say. And then um, finally, just you know, the the content of the video isn't can be anything, right? It can be tips, it can be screen sharing, it can be um, you know uh, a lesson, uh, it can be whatever you want. One thing I I, I recommend is to make it quick. Um, you know, try to keep it. I think the the golden spot is between three and five minutes. For, for video content, um, uh, anything over five minutes, um, you start to, someone really has to make a commitment to sit there and watch it. So you're going to lose a lot of people after that point. Um, not to say that it, it's bad to, to make videos longer than that, and I think you should, 
But just know that those long videos aren't going to be watched by everybody and you're going to lose people's attention, especially if you're posting it on Instagram or some of these kind of quicker um, uh, social media platforms. Um, I, I say over three minutes because specifically Facebook, I know they recommend that they, they tell you specifically when you're uploading a video, if the video is less than three minutes, we're not going to promote it as much. So they're looking for videos that are over three minutes for whatever reason. I don't know the reasoning for that. Um, I think they push it to their their um, their Facebook video channels, whatever those are called, only if it's over three minutes. So I think, you know, try to stick between three and five minutes, but don't force it, you know, just make it as long as it needs to be. But try to keep it on the shorter side, just keeping attention spans and, and that sort of thing in mind. Yeah, I think, you know, one key piece is to figure out what platform you're planning to put your video on. Like Matt mentioned, you know, Instagram only has, I think it's like 59 seconds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, other social media platforms, if you're planning to express your videos there or on other platforms, just keep in mind that there may be some restrictions. So if you have a beautiful video that you did for five minutes, but people are only going to see the first minute, those are some of the things you want to try and take, uh, take into consideration. Yep. And then finally, you know, um, have some kind of call to action at the end of the video it sounds obvious, and so and sometimes it even seems annoying when at the end of the video someone says, hey, like my channel or subscribe to my thing or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I know how to subscribe to a freaking video. You don't have to remind me. But it's effective, and it works. And um, for every person it annoys, it's going to help five more people remember to subscribe or to, to continue to keep engaged. Um, what I like to do at the end of videos uh, is to say, Hey, especially if it's related, say, hey, I've got another video that I've, you know, recorded earlier about, you know, blah, 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 that's related. Go check that out. Here's a link or I put a link below in the show notes um, and uh, just have some kind of action you want them to take to get them to further engage with you. Um, I'm going to that's going to be kind of a theme throughout this this whole thing where you want to give people a reason to continue to follow, continue to go down the rabbit hole. YouTube does this so well with their their recommended videos at the end when you're done watching a video. Your immediate or Netflix does this, Facebook videos do this. Every time you're done with a video, it immediately bumps you into another video. And of course, you want to grab them before that happens to come to one of your videos. So you got to say, "Hey, you know, check this out or hey, go to my website or something." Don't say, "Hey, buy my service." Just say, "Hey, there's all this other content. Here's how you can find it. Subscribe or visit it or do whatever." So that's that's video. I think I uh, wanted to cover video because that's a great way to keep people engaged right out of the box. And it's super easy. Just turn on the video camera, get get, you know, bullet points down and and slowly refine it. We've got a lot of podcast episodes. Speaking of call to action, we've got a lot of podcast episodes we've done in the past where we had guests talk about ways you can uh, record videos and effectively create videos and practice and and get good at doing them. So definitely um, go to computerbusinessmarketing.com, search for video marketing, and look for all of our past episodes about that to learn more. Now, going to jumping over to the website, um, you know, something that uh, is important is to keep people on your website once they get there. Um, so there, there are a number of ways to do that. Number one is make sure the people who are visiting your website are people that are interested in your website. So that goes to, you know, relevancy. You want to make sure that you're not targeting keywords that aren't part of your business. If you're creating AdWords, um, you know, ads on AdWords, you want to have those negative keywords to knock out people who aren't or interested in things that, that you can't provide. And um, when you're doing ads on social media or social media posts, 
you know, make sure they're relevant, make sure they're speaking to who your target audience is. Once your target audience gets on your website, then you want to give them a reason to stay. Um, so things that can help people stay on your website. Before I get into that, the reason why people should stay on your website is, um, it, you know, you, you'd think you want them on your website and then you want them to immediately contact you or immediately buy your services. But again, sometimes they're in, most of the time people are in research mode or they're trying to find out more about you or they're, you know, they saw your content and they're interested in learning more or seeing more content. So it's not necessarily a good thing to have someone visit your website and then immediately contact you because they might not be a good fit or they might not quite trust you. They might be doing some price shopping. So you want to keep them on your website also because it helps your SEO. So Google looks for time on site as a factor in, uh, in your ranking, in your overall rankings uh, in search engines. So the longer you can keep someone on your site, the more pages they visit on your site, the higher you look in the eyes of Google as an authority for them to, uh, to, to promote in their search engine. So things you can do to keep uh, visitors on your website are, we just talked about it, right? Videos. So every time you record a video on social media uh, or um, whatever, you, you put that in a blog post or you put that somewhere on your website as well. So that's there on your website. Even if you put it on YouTube, you then embed it in your website. So that way if someone visits your website through some other you know, source and they stumble upon that blog post, there's that video, they can click on it, watch it in your website. So they stay on your website as they're watching it. And then that keeps your you know, time on site, takes it way up. So I have a question that we can kind of, it'll kind of go into a tangent, but I've always sure. wondered this. And there's two questions. The first one is when speaking about video, I know that there was a time when autoplay was the thing. Mm. So sometimes I hear that it's annoying because you have the volume that goes on. Sometimes now a lot of Facebook videos autoplay with no volume and no audio. Right. What is your opinion on the whole autoplay and audio and not audio? If you can achieve that, if someone's looking, you know, mobile or something like that on your site. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, my, this is just my opinion and, and it, right. you know, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but I, I, I tend to avoid autoplay on a website unless that page is specifically dedicated to that video. So if, if they're visit, you know, if you have a site on your page that here's a video of five reasons to blah, 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 and someone clicks a button to watch a video and then they see the video, it can autoplay. That's fine. But if it's like, you know, halfway down a blog post or if it's, you know, in the middle of your homepage or something, someone's not visiting that page to have a video play in their face all of a sudden. So um, it, it's it's an additional kind of um, thing that, that enhances the content that's already on the page. So therefore, you want someone to voluntarily click it. Um, and that helps them also to state. That's another thing I was going to talk about is have things that people can click on your page to keep them engaged. So one of them is a video. And if you autoplay the video, then they might click it to stop it, but then that's not, you know, they're, that's the opposite of what you want them to do. So, um, so yeah, it, I, I'd say default is, is not autoplay. Got it. And then the second one is I hear, you know, there's so many hosting platforms that are available to host your video. You know, some, you know, Facebook says they'll give you more juice if you upload it directly to Facebook. You know, you can embed a YouTube video on your site. Um, then I hear other mentioning, you know, enrolling in a service like Wistia or something like that to upload. Where have you seen the easiest 
slash probably the best engagement for a website that has a video that you're going to host. Yeah, I mean, nine times out of 10, I would recommend putting it on YouTube just because YouTube is a search engine in itself. And it's nice to have that content found on YouTube separately. The only time you don't want to do that is if you don't want the video to be found separately. If the video is an integral part of the page, if it's, you know, expanding on what you're talking about or if it's uh, enhancing something on the page, then you would look for some of those other hosting services like Wistia or Vimeo. Um, and even YouTube has an option to keep it, you know, hidden from YouTube. Um, but I prefer the uh, analytics and some of the other um, reporting features of like Wistia is really good. Um, I like the player that you get with Vimeo because with YouTube, it kind of forces you into YouTube's world where Vimeo, it's kind of, you can brand it however you want, change the colors and stuff like that. So if you want more control and you don't necessarily care if it's found, you know, outside of your website, then some of those other platforms are good. I use Vimeo, for example, um, because it's super affordable. Um, but, uh, but, and I feel like the interface is a lot cleaner in right. my opinion versus yep. YouTube exactly, because uh, you got the big button right in the middle of whatever you have versus right on the bottom. But for, mo- for most folks listening to this, you want your video to be found. Um, and you don't care if it's found separately from your website and in, in which case throw it on YouTube. Um, and then just make sure, you know, in the description and in the video itself, you have a call to action saying, visit the website. Um, Colleen, who's watching the video, says that she finds both options annoying, whether it's, you know, the video auto-playing on mute or the video auto-playing with sound on. Because she said if it uh, says if it's audio-playing on mute, then she doesn't, you know, she might miss. And that's what I don't like about Facebook, too, is like, you know, 30 seconds of the video might have gone by before I, like, realize it's something I want to watch and I click unmute. And then I've got to, you know, rewind it or whatever. And, and that's kind of annoying. So... I like to see the video, you know, what it is. And then if I want to play it, I click play and it plays in their sound and everything. And so um, sticking with the, uh, the website theme, um, you know, the biggest way to keep someone engaged on your website is, is give them continual things to do. So, you know, great content, number one, of course, you want to have great content that speaks to your target audience, that informs them about what your business is about, but give them more things to do. So what I like to do is like on my homepage, when I build websites for clients, this is what I do. Every section of the homepage has its own button that you can click that takes you to another part of the website that expands on that idea. And then on that page, you know, it might be a service page or something. You read about the service on there. There's different things you can click. There's links within the content that link out to other parts of your website. At the bottom, there's a call to action button to either contact them or, or read more information. So I just, I like to give people pathways through the website to, to, I keep going back to this, this phrase, but go down the rabbit hole of, you know, following content and getting more information and just getting sucked into your world and, and almost going in a circle of like, you know, click a button, go here, click a button, go here, click a button, go here until they're, they're just saturated with all the information about you that they can get. Plus there's something psychologically gratifying about clicking through things and clicking buttons and interacting with a website. I forget where I read this, but people were more likely to have a favorable view of a particular company or product on, of their website if they were given opportunities to further interact with it rather than just getting a you know, wall of text and, and getting all the information up front. Even if you, know, you break up this big page 
each paragraph you put on a different page and then you lead them through button clicks or whatever, they're going to have a better experience with that than they would with just a, a, a big, long page of information. And, that, and I think you even mentioned, too, converting your links to buttons caused a huge uh, uh uh, drastic change in engagement. I be, I forgot if it was your website or YFNCG at the time, but I remember you mentioning that when you flipped that, it actually really engage, uh, started the engagement. Yeah, that was actually in emails. When I changed ah, the okay. links in, in emails to buttons, that really helped the click-through. And so that, yeah, I took the, you know, the, the lessons from websites and applied it to, to emails. Um, so yeah, so use lots of buttons, have paths to follow, you know, through your website for people. And then finally, just, you know, every now and then add a cool little interactive feature, whether, you know, it's like a, a drop-down accordion or, or a, a, a content slider. Uh, uh, there's been a big pushback against sliders in, in web design and web development and just in general uh, because they're seen as uh, excessive and not necessary. And, um, you know, studies have been shown that people actually don't click through the slider. And and that's true if like it's your homepage and it's the top of your homepage and it's the slider that's the first thing you see. But I I, I personally like I don't have any data to back this up. I just personally like to throw in sliders in other places in the website, whether it's a gallery or maybe testimonials or something where you know there's a lot of the same information repeated over and over again in different ways, like testimonials or whatever. Um, that so you don't give them a whole list. Instead, you just show them one and then you give them an arrow to continue to, to read or continue to view other pieces of information. That just, again, helps pe people stay engaged, helps people know that, oh, there's more information about this than I can see. I just got to click that button and then they can slide through. Um, it, it makes it kind of fun. So uh, that's what I got for the website to keep people uh, engaged on your website. Um, something else uh, with where, where blogging is concerned that I think not a lot, not enough people are doing these days is to do is to do blog series. Um, I used to see these a lot. I don't see these too much anymore. Where it's like here's blog post part one of a five part series on some topic or on some you know uh, you know huge broad kind of idea. Um, I like the blog series because it gives your readers a reason to come back to your blog you know next week or next time. Um, and that, and that also allows you to really dig deep on a certain topic, uh, you know, eat, you know, fishing or, um, viruses, you know, you can go into the history of viruses and you can go into lots of different things. And, uh, as long as, you know, the content is interesting, it's a way to, you know, hook people in and then give them a teaser at the end. So, you know, you can say like, um, you can mention, uh, you know, the, I just talked about fishing, but uh, there was one, you know, uh, scandalous uh, fishing um, story that ended up costing a company billions of dollars. We'll cover that in next week's, you know, blog post. And then, you know, you hook them in, you get them uh, like TV shows do. You get them to watch the next episode. Same bet channel, same bet time. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so nothing to expand on there other than just that's, that, that's something cool to try out. Now, could you essentially with the blog series also do this as a video series in the same thing as a vlog, or is it not as uh, productive to do a blog series with videos in them that you're doing a discussion on? Oh, I don't see why not. Um, that's actually a great way to kill two birds with one stone, right? You got the, you're, you're creating videos. The videos can be in a series 
as well as the blog posts. They can be tied together or they can be separate or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't see why that couldn't work um, with videos as well. Um, okay, and something uh, that uh, is, I'll just, I, I threw this in the list and, and I'll throw this out there, but but it's, I think it's pretty obvious is just email newsletters in general um, is, is a way to keep people engaged because once they see your social posts or once they visit your website and they're interested, you, you get them to sign up for your newsletter, you know, with a lead magnet or some kind of promise of, of future, you know, information, and then uh, send them, you know, continual newsletters on a, on a consistent basis, even if it's just to update them on new blog posts or new videos you created. Um, is just a way, to, again, to keep people uh, interested and remind them that you have this consistent content that's coming out. And then, because, um, you know, people just forget, right? That you can have a blog series or you can have a video that you do every now and then and people love it, but they get busy and they just forget to check back in. Uh, and so you want to make sure you, you hook them in and, and, and are able to communicate with them to say, hey, our new video came out or our new blog post came out. Right. As long as you can get them to click, like you said, even if it's like, you know, I, I think back to how uh, John Dubinsky talked about, he emailed his clients 60 seconds, which are Maven and trying to incorporate something like, here's your quick read. But if you want to read more or you want to hear more, click here to see the rest or go in more deeper or go in more detail on whatever that topic is. So the engagement would be there. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So the, the newsletter is, is a tease. And then if you want people to dig in more, you send them to your, your website or the full video or whatever that is. Um, cool. So uh, let's see. The, the next one I wanted to talk about is on social media. How do you keep people engaged with your social media? Because, again, it, it seems like we're being bombarded with, with people on social media, you know, trying to get noticed, trying to get attention, trying to train gimmicks and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, what I like to do, so the first thing that I think is great with, with, that I like to do with social media is to start your own, have your own corner of social media. So, so for me, I like Facebook groups. I like to create a Facebook group around the niche that I'm serving, the audience that I'm serving. And then within that group, I like to do things, uh, like, you know, themed posts. I did that in computer business, uh, marketing group for a while, um, I like to ask questions um, or share, you know, relevant stories from around the internet. Um, you can do that without creating a group. Group. You can just do that on your page or on your, you know, your profile on Twitter, on Instagram, or whatever. But try to try to do things that aren't just random posts or random thoughts off the top of your head. Something that that people can look forward to. So I really like the themed days of the week. So you know, it could be. Um, you know, marketing Monday and tech Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I like to rhyme because <laughs> it helps people remember what, what that day is about. Um, so, uh, you know, website Wednesday, uh, whatever, whatever. So, uh, and, and so people will say, no, oh, I, I wonder what Matt has to say about marketing Monday today, or I wonder what, you know, Paco has to say on his tech Tuesday, um, post today. And, uh, that gives some people, it, it builds up familiarity because it's something that you see, over and over again, um, and familiarity breeds trust. So uh, it's just kind of what, uh, almost like a psychological thing that you can do to just people look forward to seeing, you know, the mailman every day. And even though they don't know him, they feel like they they get to know him just because they see him every day. Um, and that's something that you can do through just you know the, those regular kind of predictable types of posts that uh, people look forward to. I also like. Uh, like I said before, if you ask questions, 
um, that's how you can spark interactivity. And interactivity is a great way to keep people engaged because once they start interacting with you, then you can respond to them, then they respond to you, you get a dialogue going, and that really helps to, to breed familiarity and, uh, and open, open up that dialogue. So just throw, you know, every now and then throw out a question. Don't have social media just be you broadcasting and telling people what to do over and over again. You can ask them, you know, questions that you're truly interested in about. For example, if your your customers are lawyers, you can say, you know, what's um, what's the toughest case you've worked on, or what's um, what uh, what do you look forward to the most about practicing law, or so you know something that's. It doesn't even necessarily have to do with technology. It could just be about your target market. Uh, and then you can get to know them. So they, they answer the question and then you get to know them a little bit better so that you can serve them better down the road. Um, Paco, I know you've been, um, you know, you've, you, you've been uh, doing a lot in Instagram and stuff. What have you found helps keep people engaged and keep people interested in your posts? I mean, tags really are the biggest uh, difference on Instagram. Right. I know that usually you'd want to try and give some, you know, a vivid photo. Um, sometimes it'll be like, you know, Monday motivation, uh, you know, Wednesdays, I will normally try to link to a blog or something that I've kind of posted on there. Um, but I've heard that the stories for Instagram are starting to become more and more the go-to now and not as much as the, excuse me, and not as much as the feed. Mm-hmm. And from everything that I've heard, you know, creating that, <clears throat> that long form content will help provide better engagement because as people are just kind of going through with that circle preview for the next story kind of makes people, Oh, you know, what's going on from there. Right. Um, so this year I've been really doing more Instagram and LinkedIn. So creating a lot more articles. Mm. So that's what I've been trying to do with either with white label stuff or stuff that I've kind of heard um, specific themes that's kind of where I've been pl- putting a lot of that information in there. So those two have been kind of the bigger of the social media platforms that I'm focusing on. Right. And then of course, Facebook, but Facebook is more of just curated content or our blog links. That's what we really put Facebook on there. So, yeah. And I can see LinkedIn working out really well for you. Um, if you're going after lawyers and, and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, you know, as guests that we've had on the show in the past have recommended, um, you know, on LinkedIn, you want to have a, a good mix of not only posting your own stuff, but also interacting with other people's posts. And that's kind of a hack for engagement that you don't think about is by being engaged with other people's content, you can increase the engagement on your own content. So you go out and, you know, first of all, you know, try to, to be friends with or follow other people in your target market that are your target clients. And then, you know, if they post something that you you have something to say or you have an opinion about or or you just want to you know chime in you can chime in on on their post and engage with them and interact with them and it's going to make it much more likely that they're going to turn around and then engage and interact with your stuff as well cool and then um i just wanted to quickly wrap up with um something that that i've wanted to touch on uh in this podcast for a while and it's it's um a narrative framework called the hero's journey and this is, uh, this is a way to tell a story that's often referred to um, or used in, in Hollywood to, to create a movie or to create a TV episode or something where it's basically just how, how to tell a, a nice quick story about um, a, a protagonist or something. Uh, and, and it's a formula that's been used since the beginning of time, basically. Um, but it's something that's really effective in marketing 
that a lot of you know marketing gurus use in order to keep people engaged in a blog post or in an advertisement or in a landing page or even in social media posts. I've seen the hero's journey used in in Facebook ads where it's like they, they have a little story that you follow in the ad that leads to whatever they're selling, but it really kind of pulls you in and, and, and you, you feel like you're reading a novel or a story about it. And, it's, and it makes it interesting. It makes it fun. It makes it seem like it's not an ad. Um, and you see this in some of those marketing videos you might see on YouTube. They pull you in. They, they, they keep you engaged. They tell you a story. And, and, then, and then finally, eventually, they get to the point of what their services are. So, so that, the framework of that is there's basically um, five steps. The first step is to name your hero. So in a movie, you're introducing the hero, um, you know, the, the down and out protagonist who's, you know, might be down on their luck or, or whatever. You introduce them, who, who they are, where they come from. Um, so that's what you can do. We talked about it in the video where you, you, know, you say, hey, are you a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. So you just want to make sure that you're naming your ideal client explicitly. You're saying, are you a doctor? Or, hey, here's a story about a, a, a client I, of ours who was a, um, you know, a, a subcontractor uh, for, for houses, uh, for building houses. Whoever your ideal client is, make sure to, to call them out by name as far as what their industry is. Don't, don't leave it ambiguous or people are just going to move on because they don't think it applies to them. Um, the second step is the promise. So this is the, the teaser, right? This is what you're going to say that how you're going to, what, what they're going to look like at the end. So the promise of a brighter future. So in a movie, this is often, you know, the hero hearing about, um, you know, taking the ring to Mordor or, you know, going on this long journey to get to the pot of gold at the end. They, they hear about the, the, the good thing that's going to happen. Oh. If what's that? The reward, hearing the reward of, yep. you know, at the end of the story. Yeah. So you're basically just going to say, you know, you're a lawyer, you have an issue, but, you know, there is a better way. The, the, there's, a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with, with, a, with a quick promise. It's always very quick. Um, it's always just a, some, it's a possibility, but it's outside your grasp right now. The third part of that is the conflict. So, so this is the actual problem. Um, that you can you can describe the problem or you can talk about someone you know who has had that problem. Um, but this is where the the conflict occurs. This is where the person relates to the pain uh, and you help them relate to that pain. So whether it's, you know, like we said before, slow internet or getting a virus or losing money or, you know, losing clients, what is the pain that they're feeling because of whatever problem they're having? And that, that can be... A, a majority of, of your content actually is, is the conflict. So people can really kind of live in it for a little while. Um, and then of course, um, before the, uh, the end, um, the fourth step of the journey is the change. This is where the hero, you know, digs deep and finds something within them that they can, you know, pull out and they, they discover their superpower or they, you know, join with a band of friends that, that help them, you know, push forward. So when you're down and out, you find what the change that's going to, to help you out. So that's, um, that's where you kind of give them what can be done to, to get to a better place. So you can say, um, you know, good, good antivirus can prevent um, viruses. Um, good backups can prevent uh, ransomware attacks. Firewalls can help you prevent, you know, right. up, you know monitoring outbound threats. Right. So, okay. so there's, there's that, um, oh, so there's a, a way to get out of this. And then the fifth step is the resolution. This is where, you know, you've accomplished your goal and everybody's happy. 
and this is where you introduce your service or how you can help how you can help implement the change that is that is needed. Um, so if you if you kind of approach any any of your marketing messages like this journey where you're taking your your target customer on this 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 hero's journey, they they really get invested. They really feel like you understand them, and then they really feel like your services are the solution they need to that problem. Um, and the only way to get them there is to take them through that journey first. So that's something to uh, to try out. You know, try it out. Write in a blog post or a social media post. Um, go through each of those steps. Each of those steps can be as long as you want. So it can be a sentence. It can be a paragraph. It can be an entire blog post. You know, you can have a or even five, a video series, five part video series. You know, the <laughs> first one where you talk about you know uh, your ideal client and and who they are and what they do. The second video is. Um, you know, there's there's a better way. There's there's things you can do to to make your life easier. The third video is the conflict. You know, there's there's issues I know you're having. Let me describe those to you, and 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 I I understand how much they suck. The fourth video is the, the change. So here's some you know proven methods to fix the problem you have. And then the fifth video is you can fix it, but that's a lot of work to do on your own. Let us help you. Here's how. Cool. So what do you think, Paco? I think we uh, hit it on the head there. I think, like you said, I mean, the the hero's journey is a very effective, not only marketing play, but a sales play as well. Um, I know that mm, um, right. when I did my, my training in Atlanta for that sales training, I mentioned uh, two years ago, you know, this was one of those items that you spoke about of the hero's journey. How with your services can you sell to solve that problem? And you look like the hero. There's a difference between being sympathetic, to, but really to being empathetic. And the moment you can figure out how to be empathetic to feel their pain and they and you show that genuinely, you can help go through that hurdles journey in that respect. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, again, it's worked for thousands of years to still tell stories. So why not, you know, use it to tell your business's story? And the biggest piece, too, about this is tell your story in the way that you're comfortable with doing. If that is through video great if it's through audio maybe you just put up a picture and speak to whatever the topic may be maybe it's a webinar maybe it's uh through draw through illustration things like that that's really what you want to figure out is how can you best communicate your message and you go all in on there to basically talk on how you can help and alleviate the pain of that potential prospect Right. And um, so really quick, I'll, I'll mention our sponsors. Both of them are, um, you know, services that can help you tell your story and help you keep your customers engaged. The first one is Tech Blog Builder. Um, Tech Blog Builder is a service that will write engaging blog posts for your business. And we can write, you know, blog post series. We can uh, write posts that in integrate the hero's journey. And we also keep it engaging with links to helpful articles and links back to other pages on your website. Um, you know, our writers are well-versed in these kind of engagement uh, tactics and we use them in all the blog posts we write in Tech Blog Builder. We also have a service where we'll write the social posts for you and create videos for you. Um, so again, those are great ways to keep people engaged with your content. The videos um, I tell, you know, we keep them between three and five minutes. So, you know, we have, we make sure that the videos we create for you are in that magic kind of zone 
where they keep people engaged, keep people interested, but keep them watching to the end. Um, so tech, check that out at techblogbuilder.com. And then if you want to uh, have an engaging website, check out techsitebuilder.com. Um, the way we do that in Tech Site Builder is we give you access to a page builder that has all of these, these cool um, fancy little things that you can add to your page, like the sliders, uh, carousel, um, uh, drop-down boxes, um, all these cool little interactive things that you can add to all your pages to keep people just clicking around and, and checking it out and keeping them engaged. And you can easily create all of that stuff with drag and drop. You don't need to know any code. Um, so to check that out, head on over to techsitebuilder.com. And then we'd love to hear from you in the Facebook group. Head on over to uh, techsitebuilder.com slash group or go to Facebook and search for Computer Business Marketing. Uh, we'd love to interact with you in the Facebook group, and we can't wait to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. And finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Blog Builder and Tech Site Builder. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron saying here's to your success. Mm-hmm.